Welcome to the EFL Preview with me, Adam Davis, here on Three Valleys Radio. A slightly different show this week, as we're sort of not really previewing mini-games, but actually kind of another mini-review. That's because all three leagues have seen a full complement of matches played during midweek, most of them being spread on the Tuesday, and then half of the championship being played on Wednesday night. So, rather than going across what might happen, we're actually going to cover what has happened. So, with that in mind, uh, treat it as a, as, a, as a normal EFL review on a slightly different day. So, without further ado, let's kick off with the Championship, and we will start with Birmingham City 0, Cardiff City 2. Two late goals gave Sabri Lamucci his first victory as Cardiff City boss, as they ended their run of 14 games without a win at St Andrews. In a game of few chances, Perry and G's brilliant free kick put Cardiff ahead. The Bluebirds extended their lead in stoppage time when substitute Callum Robinson also scored a solo effort to earn Cardiff a first win since the 5th of November. The hosts, who rarely tested Cardiff goalkeeper Ryan Allsop, were booed off by their supporters at full time. Victory lifts Cardiff three points clear of the championship relegation zone as they took advantage of a poor display from a consistently inconsistent blue side who slip to 18th. Birmingham were looking for a third successive win after following up their dramatic 4-3 victory at Swansea, with a morale-boosting win against rivals West Brom. Blues welcome back midfielder Harley Dean as the 31-year-old defender made a first start since the 5th of November in their only change. Birmingham have a rotten record in recent years against Cardiff, having failed to beat them in eight league games, but they would have been encouraged by Cardiff's recent form. Winless in 12, and above the relegation zone only on goal difference, Cardiff were looking to address their chronic lack of goals, having previously found the net only 22 times in 31 league games. Lamucci named two strikers in their starting 11 as he switched to three at the back, with Connor Wickham now fit enough to be on the bench after joining the club earlier in the day as a free agent. Lamucci was still searching for a first point or goal since becoming the third Cardiff boss of the season at the end of January. His side produced efforts from Sori Kaba, Cedric Kipri and Ngee in the opening 30 minutes, but none found the target. And when Ryan Wintle forced Birmingham goalkeeper John Ruddy into a comfortable save just before the interval, it proved the only first-half effort on target. The blue striker Lukas Jutskovic's weak header after the break was the first save of the game for Cardiff goalkeeper Ryan Alsop. Cardiff threatened twice from volleyed efforts by Cabba as they ensued a chance to to end their long winless run, before Birmingham's lacklustre display prompted a quadruple substitution from Birmingham boss John Eustace. Lamucci waited 73 minutes before introducing Wickham as he was instantly into the action, forcing John Ruddy into a rare save. The contest seemed highly liable to end in a stalemate, but Perry and G had other ideas when he curled home a fabulous free kick after Calamo Dowda had been fouled. The Welsh under-21 international Jordan James missed a good chance to level for Birmingham from close range on the 89th minute, but Robinson made the result safe when the former West Brom strikers scored on the break, beating Ruddy at his near post after a mazy run. So, with that, let's listen to our first interview of the night, and we're actually going to have a nice blend of them all. We're going to hear first from Sabri Lamucci, the Cardiff City manager, then very quickly followed by John Eustace, and then the man of the hour, Perry and G. You cannot imagine I'm happy for, for the player first, because they deserve this, uh, this big win. Um, what a performance from them. Uh, we change a little bit the formation, the system, players as well. <coughs> The answer on the pitch was uh, absolutely uh, important, so um, happy for the fans. Um, ah, so look, uh, first victory, we need just now to, uh, to believe in uh, our quality, in, in, in what we are doing every day, every session training, and uh, like uh, tonight here in Birmingham, because it's not easy to win here. West Brom three days ago uh, was difficult. Uh, game for them and um, no no 
very happy with this one. It's always going to be a very scrappy game. Um, you know, I didn't think there was anything in the game. You know, for, for 18 minutes there was nothing, in it. and then obviously a, a, a top free kick has, has changed the course of it. Um, and I, 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 we certainly didn't do enough to win the game, um, but you know, I don't think they did either. It's just a very scrappy, typical Championship game. Yeah, I've just made up it when I, I scored a few in training yesterday, so I was going into it, you know, positively and. They need they need to score. They need to win to 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 have this um, big up and to give us uh, uh, this energy to, to believe in ourselves and and to play like they, they, they know they know what they have to do. So just um, it's humans. But if you play with confidence, they can. They, it's, it's, they are different players. So tonight I saw a team that like uh, the other game but we were close in Luton we were close in in um, Hull Middlesbrough was different because Middlesbrough is a um, different quality but um, we disturbed them in the second half but today my players deserve absolutely these three points yeah definitely we come here you know to have a fight early you know we can't play football on this pitch so we dug in deep and we were just waiting for that one moment and luckily we scored two goals so yeah great result fantastic but yesterday they did Two goals like this, so we said, put your feet in the, in the fridge, and tomorrow you will give us the the, 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 the report. It was exactly like that. So fantastic! Congratulations to him. We need to, you know, just keep working hard. Uh, Friday's another t- another test. You know, Redden have done well this season, so we'll be expecting another tough game. But we've got momentum now, so we need to build on it. Absolutely, we are working hard every day. I'm with them, so they are absolutely good boy. Um, good professional so they are doing what I'm asking uh, to them so um, just confidence just confidence and and to respect the plan step by step step by step game by game this is just three points but important point Coventry City 1 Millwall nil. Victor Gurkarez scored his first league goal since the January transfer window opened as Coventry City beat Millwall for only their second win of 2023. Gurkarez hit his 14th goal of the season to lift the Sky Blues to 11th in the championship, five points shy of the playoffs. Fed by Man City lone man Callum Doyle, he turned his marker on the left edge of the Millwall area, wriggled to his right and then superbly struck right foot, shot beyond George Long into the bottom right corner. Gary Rowett's Millwall, who drop out of the top six to seventh, were a disappointment, taking until their 77th minute to get an effort on target, a header from Charlie Creswell. After losing the first game back after the World Cup break, this was only Millwall's second defeat in nine matches since. Norwich City 3, Hull City 1. Second half goals from Gabriel Sara and Josh Sargent ended Norwich's run of six home league games without a win, with a 3-1 victory over Hull at Carrow Road. Jacob Greaves gave Hull the lead, profiting from some poor Norwich defending, to fire into the net only 14 minutes in. Although Kieran Dowell's deflected shot put the host back on level terms less than four minutes later. Sara put the Canaries in front just before the hour mark, scoring from the edge of the box, before Sargent wrapped up the win with a minute from time, uh, from minute from time with a right-footed strike that Matt Ingram could not get hand on. The win means Norwich move up to 8th in the table, 3 points off the playoffs, while Hull dropped to 12th. And with that in mind, let's listen to Norwich City boss, David Wagner. David, a really positive performance tonight and a good result to back that. What are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, it was a... Um, from my point of view, it was a, a very good performance. To be fair, uh, obviously uh, we were a little bit unlucky to concede after a corner, uh, but the the reaction which the lads have shown after we said last time we can't get affected uh, from scoring or from conceding like in the past, we we have to stick to our principles. We have to believe in ourselves, trust in ourselves and our abilities, uh, and this is what they've done. I think from my point of view, this was our best game which we played. Uh, Offensively, we created unbelievable uh, good moments, good box entries, red zone entries, created clear-cut chances, scored three wonderful goals, and defensively, we we were we were so sharp, so so greedy, so aggressive, uh, really on the front foot. Uh, our first line pressed very well. Our midfield uh, covered very well, and then uh, our our last line uh, were very on the front foot as well. So we kept them far away from our goal. It was a absolutely deserved win, even if we of course had to work hard for it. But this is what we want to do. 
you mentioned ahead of the game the the reactions that we've had in recent games to good moments and bad moments. Is tonight the first you've seen of where that's starting to move in the right direction now? Yeah, it moves in the right direction, but only because we have done it once. Uh, this has to be something what we show consistently and uh, we will work on all together and I support the players and I like to help them as good as I can to do this in the future as well. Uh, so uh, to come back after 1-0 down to win a game, to win it in the style we have done it because for me the most important thing is um, that we were back to our normal uh, performance. Uh, this is what we said. Let's let, let us focus on our performance offensively and defensively. Let's do what we what we like to do. Let's stay for what we are. We want to be a high energetic, intensive, aggressive uh, footballing team which likes to attack. And I think today you, we were able to you were able to see everything uh, more or less over the whole game. And uh, this this satisfies me uh, a lot today. Uh, the win, obviously, yes. But how we have done it, uh, this satisfies me even more. Even if I have to say, we now make a tick behind this game and go forward tomorrow morning to Wigan. You made two changes ahead of kickoff with Onel and Adam coming into the starting lineup. Did they give what you expected from them tonight? Yeah, absolutely. I think. Uh, we we progress Adam very well. We we have a a long term plan with him, uh, and part one step of this plan was to build him to give him starts as well. Now, especially in this very busy period, uh, we didn't have in our head that he will. We didn't have in our head that he will play so long today. But um, he looked good, and obviously, Onel. Uh, Defensively, in the first half, he had some situations uh, where we still will work with him, where he switched off, but uh, offensively, he's a threat. Uh, this is uh, what he is. Uh, he is something who, someone who can make something happen. He gave two wonderful assists today as well. Uh, he, we have to work with him that he is able to deliver this uh, over the full time. Uh, and uh, more than only once a week, if possible. But uh, this is why we're here to work with the lads, that they come to their best best fitness level, which they can have, that they can produce performances like this uh, week in week out. And what do the next couple of days look like now in preparation for Wigan? Training. <laughs> this is all it is. Train tomorrow. Train uh, on Thursday. Train on Friday, and uh, then we uh, hopefully perform on the level which we have done today and in a few other games uh, and hopefully we will be very uncomfortable for Wigan then as well hopefully we will have a great support again a great away support which we have done uh, which we had in the past uh, and this is what we what we will do Queen's Park Rangers nil Sunderland three Anthony Patterson's brilliant save from an Elias chair penalty was pivotal as Sunderland beat QPR to reclaim a top six place in the championship the homegrown keeper somehow kicked away the lefts of the spot kick, placed down the middle as he dived full strength to his left, to preserve the visitors' 1-0 lead given to them by midfielder Luke O'Neen. O'Neen had bundled the ball home after Rangers keeper Senny Dieng had fumbled Dan Ballard's header from a corner. Jack Clark made sure of the points with two more goals in the last ten minutes as Sunderland's counter-attacked Rangers in effective attempts to get back into the game. QPR, who had now won only of their one of their last 16 league games in an alarming slide down the table, were booed off, increasing the pressure on manager Neil Critchley, who has supervised just one win in his 11 games in charge. Burnley won, Watford won. Burnley's hopes of a record-breaking 11th straight championship win were dashed as they were held to a draw by Watford at Turf Moor. João Pedro pounced on a howler from goalkeeper Aro Muric to sweep in a first-half opener for the Hornets. The Clarinets hit the woodwork inside the first minute when Watford goalkeeper Daniel Bachmann somehow diverted an Ashley Barnes shot onto the bar. Watford looks set to end Burnsley's season-long, uh, season-long unbeaten home record until the sixth minute of stoppage time, when Michael Obafemi scooped in from close range after a scramble. Burnley fans had gathered at Turf Moor hoping to witness history, knowing an 11th straight league win would set a new championship record and break a 110-year-old club record. 
Yet, the Hornets spoiled the party and stayed sixth with a fourth draw in five matches. While the championship leaders are now eight points clear of Sheffield United prior to their game taking place against Huddersfield, uh, Middlesbrough. Sorry. Obafemi's last gasp equaliser pouncing after Lyle Foster had headed against the post in a stoppage time scramble at least allowed the Clarets to set up a new club record of scoring in 28 successive league matches. Vincent Company's side started with the all the swagger and rhythm of a team that had not dropped a point since the 5th of November and swarmed them all over the visitors. In form forward Nathan Teller, who had scored five goals in his last two games, was twice found in dangerous positions, but a poor first touch let him down, while Barnes shot wide from a near post corner after his earliest brush with the crossbar. The visitors gradually gained a foothold in an increasingly scrappy and niggly first half, but had failed to test the home goal until Murich had a rush of the blood and he stepped out of his area to clear an innocuous long ball. The former Man City keeper had time to spare, but instead of stepping back into the 18-yard box and gathering, his attempted clearance looped up off his knee, allowing Pedro to play a 1-2 with Ken Samer and convert from close range. Murich was replaced by Bailey Peacock Farrell at half-time, and the hosts began the second half as they did the first, with plenty of pressure. Bachman produced a remarkable stop to preserve the lead after the hour, sticking out his right boot to keep out Teller's side-footed effort from two yards. Chances again again became harder to come by for the hosts, despite racking up almost 70% of possession in true Burnley style in a stop-start final half-hour as tempers frayed. The disciplined Hornets thought they had gone to ground out a first league double over Burnley since 2003, but a last gas in-swinging corner caused havoc in the previously sure-footed defence, and Obafemi transformed the mood. And the final game that took place on Tuesday, Reading 2, Rotherham United 1. Andy Carroll's aerial prowess earned Reading their first championship win of 2023 and ended Rotherham's four-match unbeaten run. The big, former Liverpool and Newcastle frontman equalised with a towering header after Miller's defender and former Glover Lee Peltier had scored his first goal for over nine years to give the visitors the lead. Carroll was the hero again in the last minute of normal time as he once more rose to a power of Femi Aziz cross goalwards. Only this time Tyrese Fornar used his head to divert the effort past Victor Janssen. Rotherham seemed to be heading for a rare away win after 36-year-old Peltier had himself scored with a terrific header from Connor Coventry's free kick. The Millers, who had only once conceded two goals in five games, had the better of the chances, with Peltier, whose last goal was for Leeds at Blackpool on Boxing Day 2013, also hitting the bar just six minutes before he headed home. Reading had not won in the league since December, drawing three and losing three, but they brought that slump to an end, courtesy of Fauna's late winner. Moving on to the Wednesday games now, and we've got Bristol City 1, Wigan Athletic 1. Wigan continued their unbeaten run under manager Sean Maloney as they came from behind to draw one all with Bristol City at Ashton Gate. Rob Atkinson's unchallenged header gave the Robins a first-half lead after the Fender won his free kick and Anis Mehmeti masterminded a cross into the box from which he nodded in. Christ Teehee struck the bar a minute before the break in what was the visitors' only real attempt on goal during the first half. Ashley Fletcher then drew the Latics level shortly after the hour mark with a shot from close range, before Alex Scott and McMetty were both denied a winner for the hosts by the woodwork. Preston North End won, Luton Town won. Luton Town continued their championship playoff push despite considering a late equaliser to 10-man Preston. The hosts ended a miserable run of home form, having lost their past five league games at Deepdale, thanks to Troy Parrott's goal from the penalty spot in the 81st minute. Rob Edwards' men will consider themselves unlucky not to have claimed all three points in Lancashire, having taken a lead through a close-range header by Carlton Morris. Luton had already missed a a host of chances with Elijah Adebayo going close several times from close range. Preston, meanwhile, had to claim their point the hard way, having lost Ben Whiteman to a straight red card following a reckless challenge on Pelly, Rudder and Panzu in the 50th minute. The home side were full of enterprise early on, dominating some periods of play. Alistair McCann found Parrott at the far post in the 14th minute and he hooked the ball away towards goal only for Ethan Horvath to palm away. From then, it was on it was on it it was Luton who enjoyed the better chances. The Hatters went close to opening the scoring when they were denied by Freddie Woodman. The follow-up by Jordan Clark was blocked by McCann before Alvaro Fernandez cleared the danger as the ball rebounded into the penalty area. 
Luton squandered a great chance in the 37th minute when the unmarked Adebayo peeled away from the Preston defence, only to drag his shot wide with only the goalkeeper to beat. Amari Bell went close to the visitors just before the break. Fred Onyedima broke down Luton's right and picked out Bell, but the left-back shot fizzed past the post. Preston's evening took a downward turn when they were reduced to 10 men just five minutes into the second half. Whiteman was given a straight red card for an ugly challenge on Mpanzu. Adebayo was playing well, but frustratingly wasteful. He was presented with a brilliant chance in the 54th minute when he got released by the Knights' outstanding performer in Clark. The Luton striker got clear of the Preston defence, only for his final effort to fall woefully short of quality, with his shot going wide of the right-hand post. Luton's pressure finally paid off on 73 minutes, with a left-wing cross evaded the Preston defence. Morris was lurking at the far post to nod the ball past Woodman. The home team tried to scramble away quickly, but the ball had long since crossed the line. And yet Preston were level just eight minutes later. Luton switched off and Tom Lockyer handled in the box, with Troy Parrott levelling from the spot. Preston went close to claiming the most unlikely of leads during the final throws as Cannon fired wide from 18 yards. Despite late pressure from Luton, both sides ended the night settling for a point. The Hatters sit fourth, with Preston in 14th, six points off the playoff spots. Stoke City 3, Huddersfield Town 0. Huddersfield will restart life under management of Neil Warnock, still deep in the relegation battle, after losing at Stoke. Phil Jagielka's first half-header, a close-range finish from Jacob Brown and a Lewis Baker penalty for the Potters, kept Huddersfield, who reappointed 74-year-old Warnock as boss on Monday, second from bottom and four points from safety. Swansea City 2, Blackpool 1. Blackpool remained bottom of the championship after Mick McCarthy's 10-man team went down 2-1 at Swansea. Matty Sorinola volleyed Swansea into a deserved lead before Charlie Patino was sent off having been shown a second yellow card. Blackpool levelled when Sonny Carey swept home only for Callum Connolly's own goal to hand Swansea victory. Blackpool remained four points to a drift of safety having seen their winless league run now stretched to 14. Swansea climbed to 12th, five points adrift of the top six. West Bromwich Albion 1, Blackburn Rovers 1. Ben Berrett and Diaz smashed in a late free kick to end his personal goal drought and rescue a point for Blackburn against West Brom. Jason Malumbi's 73rd minute header looked to have earned Albion a deserved three points. But John Swift was adjudged to have brought down Lewis Travis on the edge of the baggies box in the 89th minute. And Berrett and Diaz exacted full punishment from 20 yards with an explosive right foot shot that debutant Albion keeper Josh Griffiths got on hand but could not keep out. And probably the biggest game of the night. Sheffield United 1, Middlesbrough 3. Middlesbrough kept their hopes of a top two finish in the championship alive with a comeback victory against promotion rival Sheffield United. The Blades are seven points clear of third place Borough despite losing for the first time since the 8th of November and has also given a game in hand on Michael Carrick's men. But Borough's victory secured with Cameron Archer's second-half double after Tuba Akpom had cancelled out Ollie McBurney's early opener for second-place Sheffield. And this will give them renewed hope that they could close the gap in the final weeks of the campaign. United boss Paul Heckingbottom was sent off for his protests after Borough's third goal, which came after referee Andre Mariner played on despite appeals for a foul on James McAtee, and the Blaine's later surrender possession from which Archer finished a swift counter-attack. The outcome could have been so different had the hosts built on the fifth-minute lead they earned when McBurney headed in Jake Robinson's, Jack Robinson's sorry, long throw from 10 yards. Borough goalkeeper Zach Steffen prevented er- further early damage, saving from McAtee and Illiman Indai after they advanced on goal from the Blades' left. The visitors quickly improved after their slow start and levelled through Akpom, the championship's top scorer, who collected a pass from Marcus Fors and shot powerfully into the far corner on his 17th goal of the season. Fors, Akpom and Riley McGree also went close before the break for Borough, who needed less than three minutes for the second period to go in front. A Sheffield United attempt at the tackle to thwart a visiting attack uh, landed the f- at the feet of Cameron Archer, and the on-loan Aston Villa striker thundered a shot into the roof of the net. And Archer calmly netted his third goal in two games to make it 3-1 on a memorable night for the visitors. So, 
With that in mind, let's take a look at the championship table. And the top three remain the same, although gaps are starting to become even more apparent. Burnley now eight points clear of Sheffield United on 69 points from 31 games played. Sheffield United on 61, same amount played. On 32 games played, sit Middlesbrough in third position with 54 points. So very much still in the playoff picture and by no means guaranteed a playoff spot at this late, uh, at this I'd say three-quarter way stage of the season, but are in a good position and in the current form, who really can tell? The remaining other playoff spots sit Luton, Sunderland and Watford. Sitting just outside, within one win of getting back into the top six, sit Millwall, Blackpool, Norwich and West Bromwich Albion. Mid-table still looking around the same, with uh, three points separating um, 11th down to 17th. Swansea, Hull, Cup, Preston, Reading, Bristol City and QPR. Birmingham sit on 38 points from 31 games played in 18th. Stoke, 37, same amount played in 19th. There's now a little bit more of a gap forming between those in the bottom, uh, probably the bottom five, and the rest of the table now, with Rotherham sitting in 20th with 33 points for, uh, with 31 games played. Cardiff, 32 points, but picking up a vital win in their push, as Wigan continued their relatively decent spell under Sean Maloney, as they are still in the bottom three, but looking far more complete as a side than they were even two weeks ago. Huddersfield and Blackpool round out the bottom three. When I first started my business, I was hopeless at paperwork. My system involved bunging everything in a shoebox and sorting it out later, much later. Thank goodness for Chalmers Accountants. They soon put me on the right track. They work with businesses of all sizes, and they really know their stuff. Chalmers will provide you with a one-to-one service with your own personal account manager at one of their three local branches. For expert advice on how to make your business more successful, visit chalmersaccountants.co.uk and book your free initial consultation. At A.J. Wakeley & Sons Family Funeral Directors, we know the importance of compassion and integrity. We also know how unfamiliar decisions can be so difficult at a time of family bereavement. We can provide a steadying influence just when you need it, guiding and helping you make the right decisions to reflect the kind of funeral that your loved one deserves. Visit our website, www.ajwakely.com, for more information or call Clive Wakely on 01935 479913. OK then, so let's move on to League One. All 12 fixtures took place on Tuesday the 14th. Josh, uh, we'll start with Accrington Stanley nil, Wickham Wanderers 2. Getting myself a little bit ahead of myself there. Josh Scowen's first half strike and a late Gareth McCleary goal made it four successive wins for a promotion chasing Wickham in their 2-0 victory at Accrington. The Chairboys took the lead in the 18th minute when a Jason McCarthy cross was blocked and it fell to Scowen on the edge of the area and he rifled the ball low into the Stanley net. Wanderers pressed some more with a Sam Vogt strike, which was touched away by keeper Lucas Jensen, and former glover Lewis Wing rifled over. In between, Stanley did have the ball in the net, but Sean McConville's far post effort was ruled out for offside. It was an even game with plenty of chances, Brandon Hanlon running clean through for Wickham after 50 minutes, but he was denied by the legs of Jensen. Stanley, in the relegation places, were always a threat, and Wickham keeper Max Stierjek produced a double save in the 59th minute to deny Sean Wally, and then Tommy Lee an equaliser. It was on a knife edge, but Wickham broke into the 90th minute, and McCleary put the ball between Jensen's legs to finish the game. Bolton Wanderers 5, MK Dons 0. Clean sheet specialist Bolton record another home shutout, but devastatingly turned defence into attack in a 5-0 rout of MK Dons. Ian Everts' side moved up a spot to third to sit just six points off an automatic promotion place. After a fifth straight win following Saturday's 5-0 whitewash of Peterborough, with their biggest home league success this term. Manchester City teenage loney Luke Mbete, on his home debut, headed home his first senior goal, one of five Wanderers defenders to score. Skipper Ricardo Santos, whose brace against Posh was his first goals in 118 Bolton appearances, somehow made it 3-2 after seven minutes from Declan John's corner. The visitors' set-piece frailty was exposed by Mbete's strike from another John delivery, before Gethin Jones made it 3-0 after 28 minutes. Wanderers have now gone nine games and more than 16 hours in all conditions at the uh, University of Bolton Stadium without conceding a goal. 
Poor in defence, MK Dons were better going forward, but James Trafford kept Wigan's... Uh, Wigan? Bolton's record intact by denying Jonathan Laco. Set and half, Yoan Towell and substitute Randall Williams made it a great night for Wanderers' backline with second half strikes. And with that in mind, let's listen to Bolton boss Ian Everett. And you said that good teams back up performances and wins like Saturday, and you do look good in some style. Yeah, look, yeah, this was always going to be a tough game. Uh, they have improved and they're dangerous. They've got a real good front three, and, and first half, after we got the goals, um, we made it a little bit too open, too transitional, which kind of suits them. Um, if you think about the Leeds teams of, of the recent past, um, they create a lot of chances because the games are so open, but they can concede a lot of chances as well. And I thought it was like that first half. Um, but second half, we had more control after the first five, ten minutes. They changed shape and it took us a little while to get to grips with that. And after that, I thought we managed it really well. Should have had probably one or two more with some brilliant saves from their keeper, I've got to say. Um, and Trash made one or two good saves as well. But yeah, delighted with the win. A really important win. Um, obviously, to score back-to-back five goals is... Is really impressive, um, but it's only three points, and now we have to concentrate fully on on Wickham on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael, I think tonight was the defenders. Uh, yeah, a whole back defenders five scored. Exactly. A whole back five yeah, scored. Yeah, is, that's and, got and to be a first. Well, which yeah. is a real step forward because I know it's been a question mark in the past, but you threat every time. Yeah, we look to we look to threat mm-hmm. today from set plays. Plays we've kind of just simplified it a little bit um, and just you know targeted certain areas, and the players have, have took that on and been aggressive and, and gone and put the head on the ball. Rico looked like he was going to score every time it went forwards. But we looked a threat, which is important, and you need to sometimes rely on set plays to, to break teams down and, and win games. So, yeah, positive with that. Uh, as I said, um, it's been a tough couple of games, and now we have to get ready again for a really tough game on Saturday. All you can do is just trying to keep winning there, and you're doing that. Look, it, people think that it, we're really close to the finishing line. There's still a, nearly a third of the season. Well, there is a third of the season left for some teams. Um, we're slightly past that mark now, but that's a long, long way to go and a lot of football. So, all we can do is take care of our own business and, and concentrate on the next game. The next game is Wickham on Saturday, and we need to go there with the right mindset, mentality, and, and hopefully perform like we have the last couple of games. And in terms of goal difference, it's not done any harm in, as you say, ten goals in the space of three or four, de- four days. Yeah, we needed that. I think yeah. we needed to really close that gap with the teams around us. Um, but we've, we've said it all season, really. We've created a lot of chances, mm. and sometimes those chances haven't gone in. Um, excuse me. At the moment, they look like they're going in, which is, which is great for us. Um, I don't think we're necessarily creating more. We're just being more ruthless and clinical with our chances, which is good. So, long may that continue, as I said. Um, we're not getting carried away. Uh, there's a lot of work to do, and there's still lots of improvement to come. Just lastly, you were able to, again to give one or two lads a bit of a breather last half yeah. hour and change legs. And Shola went off to a stand in ovation. I think the fans really enjoyed watching him tonight. Shola was was brilliant tonight. Um, I love watching him play. I love the way he goes about his work. Um, I love the fact that he gets supporters bombs off seats, and, and that's what we want to see. This is an entertainment industry, and we want to be entertained. And I thought Shola entertained the crowd tonight. Bristol Rovers nil, Ipswich Town nil. Ipswich's promotion push continued to stutter as Kieran McKenna's side were held to a third successive draw in a nil-nil stalemate with Bristol Rovers at the Memorial. It was a frustrating evening for the Tractor Boys, who dominated the first half as skipper Sam Morsey bossed the midfield and Rovers defended deeply, but Cameron Humphreys headed their best chance wide. Rovers captain Aaron Collins was then guilty of wasting the opening period's best opportunity when he was put through by Anthony Evans, but shot straight at Tractor Boys keeper Christian Walton. After the break, Joey Barton's side took the initiative and gas skipper Collins had a rising shot pushed to safety by Walton, who also denied Scott Sinclair when he shot from 20 yards after good works by Collins. Walton then had a lucky escape when he dropped Evans's corner and Sinclair shot Goldwoods only for Luke Wolfenden to clear off the line via a post. Substitute Luke Broadhead's shot was blocked late on by on-loan goalkeeper from Brentford Ellery Balcom as Rovers ended a five-game losing streak. Cambridge United 1, Cheltenham Town 2. Cheltenham claimed their first league victory for the calendar year by winning at Cambridge United, who are without a win since Boxing Day. Elliot Bond scored a screamer for the visitors before James Olienka sealed the points after Joe Ironside had levelled. 
The away side almost took the lead in the very early stages, with Charlie Brown crashing a shot off the top of the crossbar from outside the box. Cambridge grew into the game, and on 24 minutes, Luke Southwood made a point-blank save to keep out Ironside's header. The breakthrough came early in the second half, courtesy of a spectacular goal from Bonds, who fired in a magnificent shot from 40 yards when a corner was cleared to him. Cambridge were level only four minutes later through Ironside, who converted from the penalty spot after Sean Long had brought down Conor McGrandles. The Robins regrouped and scored a winner 11 minutes from the end when Long fed Aidan Keener, who pulled back for a fellow substitute Oli Yinka to fire home. The result moves Cheltenham five points clear of the bottom four, while Cambridge remain in 23rd and three points from safety. Derby County 1, Lincoln City 1. Lincoln held promotion-chasing Derby to a one-all draw at Pride Park despite Benhouse's red card. Olamido Shadipo fired Lincoln into a shock lead just before the break, but Conor Hurahan equalised after House's 55th minute dismissal. The visitors almost stunned Derby in the fifth minute when Jack Diamond rattled the post and he hustled the home side into errors in the opening half. Derby and former Glover Corey Smith saw a shot blocked, but Lincoln deservedly went ahead in the 43rd minute when Shadipo pounced after Joe Wildsmith had saved from Lewis Montsoma. Diamond broke away after the break, but his finish lacked the power to trouble Wildsmith. House received a second yellow for a late challenge on David McGoldrick. And Derby capitalised by levelling in the 69th minute when McGoldrick's shot fell to Connor Hurahan, who fired home from close range. Diamond almost caught Derby on the break, and McGoldrick was denied by Carl Rushworth before Louis Sibley struck the bar. Derby thought they had won it in stoppage time when McGoldrick headed in at the back post, but he was offside. Exeter City nil, Shrewsbury Town nil. Exeter and Shrewsbury cancelled each other out in an uninspiring goalless draw at St James's Park. Despite a good start from the Grecians, it was the visitors that came closest to opening the scoring in the 10th minute. Tom Bayliss brought a cross down superbly, got past Exeter's centre-backs with a superb fine touch, but fired his shot against the crossbar from eight yards, in what was, could be best described, as the only notable event in a very dour game that took place in Devon. Fleetwood Town 1, Peterborough United 0. Fleetwood moved further away from the relegation spots after claiming a 1-0 win over Peterborough, thanks to a promise of Mockery's first-half goal. The result makes it back-to-back league victories for the Cod Army, and three on the bounce in all competitions to move them seven points clear of the drop zone. Peterborough pressed from the start and came within inches of taking the lead when Jack Taylor's long-range effort was tipped onto the woodwork by Jay Lynch. It was Fleetwood who went in front, though, in the 20th minute, with Phoenix Patterson crossing through a mockery to head in at the back post. Johnson Clark Harris had the chance to level for the visitors on the half-hour mark, but his header from Nathaniel Ogbeta's centre was off target. Peterborough continued to search for an equaliser in the second half, with Taylor's attempts drifting wide of the far post in the 61st minute, after Ephraim Mason-Clark had sent a low cross into the box. But it was not to be for Posh as they fell to a second successive league defeat. Forest Green Rovers nil, Charlton Athletic 1. Corey Blackett-Taylor scored a first-half winner as Charlton beat League One's bottom club Forest Green in a narrow 1-0 win. Striker Blackett-Taylor claimed his sixth goal of the season in the 12th minute as Charlton edged their sorry hosts. Crystal Palace loanee Jezerun Raksaki sent in a low cross from the right and the winger's ball deflected into the path of Blackett-Taylor, who fired in at home from eight yards to make it five wins from seven games for the Addicts. The result leaves Forest Green seven points from safety at the foot of the table with only two points from their last 11 games. And with that in mind, let's listen to Forest Green boss... Big Duncan Ferguson. Well, Dunk, a 1-0 defeat here tonight against Cheltenham Athletic and you must be wondering how on earth we didn't score in that second half. Incredible, wasn't it? How well did they play? I mean, I'm absolutely delighted with the players, the performance they put in. First 15 minutes, not quite what we were looking for. But after that, after we go the 1-0 down, I can't remember Cheltenham actually having a chance or, or, or maybe half a chance they had in the whole game. We dominated the second half, peppered their goal, created chances... The boys will got stronger and stronger as the game went on. I couldn't have been uh, you know, more prouder than what I saw there in the second half particularly. And you've been pleased so far with performances in general, haven't you? Do you think that was the best of the lot so far? Absolutely, definitely was. It was. It was the second half we were absolutely outstanding. It's the best I've seen them. Every one of them covered every blade of grass. As I said to you, we created a lot of chances. We stuck to the game plan. We, we passed it when we had to pass it. And we really pushed back, a, a pushed a real strong team. 
back into the 18 yard box, didn't we? So it was a really great performance. Unfortunately, we didn't pick up the points. How did you get that second half out of them? Because the first half was competitive, but the second half was a real flurry of chances, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it because of their 1 0 doing. And they got a bit more confidence. And then, you know, we stepped on the game a bit, a bit more. Um, we, we put a little bit more pressure on them higher up the pitch. Um, and they just got a bit of confidence with that. And obviously, we played really well. You know, created chances. How on earth we never got a, you know, a goal there is uh, beyond me. And you brought on Charlie Savage, who made his debut, and he really impressed in the in his forty minute odd cameo. Did really, really well. Really pleased with him. That's football, isn't it? You know, uh, you get your chance, you're ready. And one thing about Charlie, he works his absolute socks off in training. He's a, a great, great young man to work with, and um, he's got full of energy, full of enthusiasm. That's what you want. And I thought he was absolutely excellent. How do you get the next bit then, which is obviously putting the ball in the back of the net? How, how does that come about now? Well, somebody's just got to put their foot through one. It's just got to hit off somebody and go in, isn't it, really? Um, you know, we had good chances, didn't we? Just never quite took one of them. But um, that's the hardest part of the game, is putting the ball in the net. But certainly if we keep on creating chances, we keep on playing like that, we're going to stick them in the net, aren't we? Four games, no wins, but plenty of positive performances. And you still seem positive, don't you? You're happy with the, the strides you're seeing the team make, despite not picking up the results yet? Well, if you look at the, if you look at the four games that we've, we've, we've been a party then, you know, we've had six points going into nearly, nearly the 90th minute of games. At Peterborough, we got done with a penalty to begin with. And there tonight, we'd, we'd, we'd actually, in the second half, we dominated a very, very good team. So, the players have been excellent. And obviously, you need a wee bit of rugby again, don't you? And obviously, two of the games, the Shrewsbury game and the Morecambe game, if we see that game out, we've got six points at least. Oxford United 1, Plymouth Argyle 3. Saxon Early's first goal for Plymouth helped Argyle stay top of League One with a 3-1 victory at Oxford. The January signing from Norwich forced Sam Cosgrove's pass over the line in the 65th minute when the home side failed to defend a free kick. Ryan Hardy then made sure of the points for Argyle in stoppage time when he converted from Callum Wright's pullback for his 11th goal of the season. Former Glover Matt Butcher had scored his first goal for the club to put the Devon outfit ahead in the 19th minute. The midfielder ran on to Mbali Mumba's pass to fire past Seymanique Westwood and delights the 2,000-plus fans in the sold-out away section. Only a smart save by Eastwood from his own defender, Sam Long, prevented Plymouth from getting a second before the break. But Argyle was stung by an Oxford equaliser just before half-time, when Cameron Brannigan hammered a free kick from wide on the left, around the wall, and past keepers Callum Burton. However, Plymouth stepped up a gear in the second half as they made it three wins in the last four. Port Vale won. Barnsley, three. Barnsley kept themselves in the playoff picture with a 3-1 win at Port Vale. The first league meeting between the sides at Vale Park for seven years needed just 25 seconds to spring into life. Irish youngster Luke O'Connell showcased his brimming talent as he opened his 2023 account in style with a stunning strike. Vale restored parity as Nathan Smith converted David Worrell's deep cross at the back post in the 14th minute. But Barnsley's near 700-strong travelling contingent only had to wait seven minutes to see their side regain the lead. Connell turned provider with his in-swinging free kick, as unmarked Liam Kitching, who opened the scoring in the reverse fixture, backed his second goal in three games. Adam Phillips handed the Tykes a two-goal cushion on the hour mark when he deflected strike beat Aidan Stone. The half-time substitute almost doubled his tally as the strike from the edge of the box forced Stone into a smart save. Vale's win for a first win since New Year's Day stretched to seven games, their longest winless run since March 2021. Portsmouth won, Burton Albion nil. Dane Scarlett scored a stoppage time winner as Portsmouth beat Burton at Fratton Park. On loan Tottenham striker Scarlett rifled home from midway inside the penalty area from Joe Pickett's knockdown to earn John Massinho his second win as Pompey manager. In a lacklustre first half, neither side were able to take control of the game. Three attempts in the first five minutes of the second half brought the game alive, however. Josh Walker saw his effort, uh, his shot blocked by Oluwemi before Joe Morell had an effort saved by Craig McGilvery. Followed a minute later by Colby Bishop's shot being scooped over the bar in what was an impressive day for the former Pompey man. Bishop headed against the post 12 minutes from time, but it was Scarlett who won at the death. And finally, Sheffield Wednesday 3, Morecambe. Barry Bannon's early strike and a Josh Windass brace earned Sheffield Wednesday a comfortable 3-0 victory over Morecambe at Hillsborough. The Owls were ahead within the first minute. George Byers found Bannon on the edge of the area and the skipper calmly passed the ball into the bottom corner. 
The home side doubled their lead 22 minutes in when Marvin Johnson crossed to Michael Smith and he found teammate Windass with the striker seeming to get the final touch before the ball hit the net. The second half provided little excitement with no real chances for either team. The Shrimps defended bravely and looked likely to keep the score at 2-0 until moments before the close of play. Wednesday wrapped up proceedings in the 87th minute when substitute Fazio della Bisharu showed a burst of pace in Morecambe's penalty area and squared the six across the six-yard box for Windas to head into an empty net. The victory sees Sheffield Wednesday remain second, while Morecambe stayed down in 21st. So, let's take a look at the League One table in full. And as we've already mentioned, Plymouth still remain top of the table, 67 points from 31 games played. With a game in hand and two points below them sit Sheffield Wednesday. But we now have a new team sat in third position. Yes, in what was already or looked like a three-horse race for automatic promotion, we now have four. As Bolton have taken place and sit themselves in with 59 points from 32 games played. Ipswich are two points behind them, but with a game in hand, sitting in fourth. Derby and Barnsley, as they have done for several weeks now, round out the remainder of the playoff picture. Wickham sit just outside in seventh. Wins for Charlton and Portsmouth have pushed them up above Exeter to sit 10th and 11th respectively. Cheltenham have overtaken Burton in the pack of trying to pull away desperately from the bottom four but not quite managing it. And the bottom four of Morecambe, Accrington, Cambridge and Forest Green all remain the same as they all lost on Tuesday. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio, your local and worldwide community sports radio station. Find us at www.3valleysradio.com. So, with just enough time, we've got 15 minutes to cover the remaining League 2 fixtures. And we'll start with Bradford City 2, Tramia Rovers 0. Bradford picked up their first home success since New Year's Day with a 2-0 win over Tramia. Jamie Walker and Andy Cook both scored for the second successive game to ensure back-to-back victories for Mark Hughes' side, while Tranmere's recent miserable away run continued. Carlisle United nil, Mansfield Town 4. Mansfield fire themselves towards the lead to automatic promotion places with an emphatic 4-0 win at a woeful Carlisle. Goals from captain Ollie Clark, Alfie Kilgore, Lucas Aikens and Elliot Hewitt condemned Paul Simpson's men to -to back-to-back home defeats for the first time in a year at Branton Park. Nigel Clough's informed side, now unbeaten in five, cut the gap between themselves and third-place Cumbrians to just three points with a potentially vital game in hand. Stag skipper Clark started the route in the 14th minute as he powered home a header, his second goal in as many games from Stephen Quinn's cross. Kilgore bagged his third goal in four games as he thundered home a header from Davis Keeler Dunn's 25th minute corner. Keeler Davis was at the forefront of the third goal as well as he was fouled by Morgan Feeney to earn a visitor's a penalty. Aikens duly obliged and sent a hapless Harlal Carlisle goalkeeper Thomas Holy the wrong way to score his seventh goal of the season and a third from the spot on the half-hour mark. Hewitt curled home a fourth before the break to compound Carlisle's misery. It could have been worse for the home side as Will Swan hit the post late on for the visitors. Colchester United nil, Walsall nil. Colchester United and Walsall played out an uninspiring goal of straw at the JobSurf Community Stadium in a game that was so short of entertainment I have nothing else to say about it. Crew Alexandra 2, Hartlepool United 0. Crew Alexandra ended a six-game winless run as they made the most of Jamie Sterry's early red card to beat Hartlepool. Callum Ainley and Ryan Finnegan earned Crew a first success since New Year's Day, which checked Hartlepool's recent revival as Keith Curl's side dropped back into the bottom two. Dan Kemp drove an early free kick into the side netting for the Pools, who were down to ten men after Seri flung himself at Rio Adabisi near the halfway line. Referee Neil Hare had no hesitation issuing a straight red to the wing-back in the 13th minute, with the crew defender left writhing on the pitch. Elliot Nevitt dragged a good chance wide as Crew looked to capitalise at the other end. Ollie Finney should have made more of Kemp's cross as it dropped invitingly, but the midfielder, who had made a deadline day switch to pull from Crew, blasted his volley over at the far post. Crew were ahead in the 31st minute when Daniel Adji rode a challenge near the byline and pulled the ball back for Ainley to thrash a right-footed finish into the corner. 
and they doubled their lead soon after with a fine strike from on-loan Southampton youngster Finnegan, who dispatched a volley past Jakob Stoischklitsch after Joel Tavernier's free kick was cleared into this path. Crew were close to making the margin of victory more emphatic in the second half, with Aji driving into the side netting. Adebisi going closer, with a header and substitute Lachlan Brooks' deflected effort flying just over the top corner. Doncaster Rovers 1, Barrow 0. Doncaster claimed a third successive victory as they edged Barrow. A first-half strike from wing-back James Maxwell was enough to decide a tight game, with the home side collecting a third clean sheet in a row to stay in touch with the playoff pack. Gillingham 2, Grimsby Town 1. Ollie Hawkins was Gillingham's hero with a late winner as Neil Harris's side beat Grimsby to move out of the relegation zone. A wayside Grimsby with a better team in a forgetful first half, with striker George Lloyd curling an effort inches wide from distance before Anthony Driscoll Glennon blazed his shot over. Gillingham's best chance fell to midfielder George Lapsley, who unselfishly looked to tee up Hawkins instead of shooting ten minutes before the break. Five minutes after the interval, Grimsby goalkeeper Max Crokin produced a smart save to deny Tom Nichols from close range. Then, Lapsley, on his full debut for the Kent club, made amends for squandering his earlier chance on 56 minutes, as he slotted home Dom Jeffries' low cross. Irish midfielder Gavin Holohan drew the visitors level when he rose highest to head home from Driscoll Glennon's delivery with 15 minutes remaining. However, January signing Hawkins won the game with his first goal for the Jills as he looped ahead of past Crocom, three minutes from time. The Jills move up two places to 21st and are now a point ahead of the bottom two. Leighton Orient 2, Rochdale 1. Leighton Orient extended their lead at the top of the league to 10 points with a home win over bottom club Rochdale. Rule Sotteru and Idris El Mazuni netted first half goals for the hosts to give them what appeared to be a comfortable lead, but the visitors were galvanised by a strike from Danny Lloyd just after the break. Newport County 2, Stevenage 2. Omar Bogle's double saw Newport twice come from behind to earn a point against Stevenage and extend their unbeaten run to three. The visitors were ahead when Kane Smith's through ball found Luke Norris who slotted home. Newport levelled as Bogle got on the end of Priestley Farquharson's port of knockdown, and Jordan Roberts' volley restored Stevenage's lead, but Bogle secured a point with a spot kick after he had been fouled. Countering an 18th in lead two, while Stevenage are second. Northampton Town nil, AFC Wimbledon nil. Northampton's stuttering lead two promotion challenge took another hit as they were held to a goalless draw by AFC Wimbledon. The Cobblers dominated as six fields, but struggled to win possession into chances as they drew a third game in a row, while Wimbledon played out a fourth nil-nil stalemate in their past six. Another drew for you now, Salford City 1, Harrogate Town 1. There was no love lost at Moor Lane, as Salford City and Harrogate shared a point in a one-all draw. After extending his relationship with the Sulphurites this week, Jack Muldoon celebrated his new deal by notching the opener. However, the Amis levelled late on through Matty Lund, as Neil Wood's side continued to flirt with an automatic promotion spot. Conor McElhenney was gifted a golden chance early on for the hosts, but January's League 2 Player of the Month could only sting the palms of Mark Oxley. McElhenney's strike partner Callum Hendry then came closest to breaking the deadlock before the interval, but his dipping effort kissed the woodwork. Despite Salford's dominance, it was the visitors who opened the scoring as Muldoon rose to the occasion, slotting smartly beyond Alex Cairns at the near post. The struggling Sulphurites looked destined for a crucial three points, but Lund, who scored a stoppage time winner in the reverse fixture, crushed Harrogate Hearts again when he rifled in a late leveller. And with that in mind, let's listen to Harrogate Town boss Simon Weaver. Gaffer, it was a performance that had everything, you know, defensive solidity, winning second balls, creating chances. I must be pleased with that, although we never got the three points. Yeah, I, I was a bit uh, disappointed just for the players because I thought they uh, they were digging in so much um, that we didn't get all three points, but um, delighted with the performance and I thought uh, it was a performance of grit and character and superb attitude. Yeah, I went streetwise in it as well, it was doing the dirty work well and winning second balls, Levi and Fultz covered a lot of ground as a two in there, that's something you probably wanted them to do start there again. Yeah, I thought they were immense in midfield, but also Alex Patterson was up and down the right and side throughout the game. Uh, but to be honest, every individual out there um, wore the, the badge with pride tonight, and 
I thought the spell just after half time where we uh, going to the lead scored the goal a really good goal by Jack Muldoon um, was well deserved you know and it was uh, it was I felt it was coming at that point because straight after the half time interval we started on the front foot and we looked good you know and uh, we looked good going forwards and always a threat um, they were bound to come at us because uh, because they're a good decent team and decent outfit right up the uh, near the top of the league so uh, they were going to have a spell it was a shame for the lads that it just bounced the lad and you know he finished it well um, after a, a little bit of pressure before um, and we were, stand, we were standing it pretty well um, but it's an important point and it's one that we can take back to Harrogate and be proud of Yeah and you look at the defending at the aspects of our defending very similar to the match against Carlisle and probably a sign that that wasn't just a passionate fan we have got that and is that something you're looking to see more of in the coming games well that's right yeah, that's what we're demanding and you know there's some great unity in there after the game that they're worn out uh, tonight cause, um, because of the effort they put in and because it's a particularly heavy pitch uh, probably worse than the division um, and uh, it takes it out of well it took it out of both, players, uh, both sets of players isn't it um, still the old slope on it and it's very heavy and Jack Muldoon as well signs a new contract gets a goal gets about the pitch well that's, that's what you probably gave him the new contract for as well yeah, well, not just for tonight, but um, but yeah, he, he was, uh, he's an immense character in and around the club, and yeah, he's already got that legendary status, and he'll be determined um, more now than ever to keep this uh, this proud football team in the football league. Yeah, and Toby went off with an injury. Is that something that you perhaps is maybe a bit worried for Saturday because he did play very well? Yeah, he it? just cramps up a bit. You know, he gave it everything, hadn't had much game time um, since he was in America, but I think he. he you know, as well, can be very proud of his, his individual performance tonight. I thought he was outstanding. Careful, thank you. Thank you. Cheers. So to round off League Two, we have Sutton United 2, Swindon Town 1. Jody Morris is still searching for a first point as Swindon Town manager after Sutton United snatched a dramatic 2-1 victory at Gander Green Lane. The hosts saw an early Enzo Baldwin's effort ruled out for offside. Swindon then went in front through Charlie Austin after a neat move on the left. Flazer Blake Tracy teed up the former Burnley, QPR, Southampton and West Brom striker to score his fourth goal in five appearances returning to Swindon last month. Austin came closest to doubling his tally when he fired wide off the mark. Sutton goalkeeper Jack Rose kept the hosts in the game when he saved Luke Jeffcott's free kick before twice denying substitute Jacob Wakeling. When Sutton substitute Matt Dennis rattled the crossbar with eight minutes left, it looked like a point would elude the hosts. But goalkeeper Sol Brin failed on to hold Joel Kizzy's cross, and Lee Angle, who had an earlier come off the bench, levelled for Sutton on 85 minutes. Ali Smith then completed a fine comeback three minutes later when he forced home Dad David Ajiboy's cross. So, what's that done to the table? Well, plenty of changes in at the bottom, but a little bit at the top. Mansfield have replaced Salford in the promotion push at moving from fifth uh, up to fifth from sixth position, both on level points, but Salford have played one game more. And they're now only three points away from the automatic promotion spots, with Carlisle sitting in third with 52, level on points with Northampton. Just inside in the mid-table, Sutton have moved up to 10th, displacing Swindon and Tranmere, and AFC Wimbledon's draw has pushed them above Barrow into 13th. Crewe have pushed up to 17th, displacing Newport and Grimsby, and the bottom five still remain largely the same, but are apart from all-important team for Gillingham, who have now moved out of the bottom two with a points clear of safety in 21st. Crawley sits 22nd with a game less with 26 points, and Hartlepool playing two games more than Gillingham, also on the same points. Unfortunately, Rochdale are now in the relegation zone and are adrift by worrying five points. So, with that in mind, just because it is technically an EFL preview, let's turn our heads to what uh, major fixtures could be taking place this weekend for us to be watching that, of course, aren't including the world-class coverage you're going to hear between Yeovil Town and hopefully Halifax Town on Saturday. Uh, in League 2, nothing is massively jumping out. All plenty of important games for all those uh, at the bottom and at the top. Probably the most important one probably being a relegation scrap between Rochdale and Gillingham. Moving to the Championship, we'll just see what fixtures are taking place that are most uh, interesting. Uh, plenty uh, exciting going on. Middlesbrough v QPR, Hull v Preston, um, and then probably the most exciting one being the Monday night game, Watford versus West Bromwich Albion. 
and any other important ones taking place on Saturday for League One. Uh, Cambridge United taking on Oxford in a desperate need for points for both teams there. Um, another pushing one, Ipswich versus Forest Green. Forest Green wanting to get their first points under big Duncan Ferguson. Ipswich wanting to stop the rot. Uh, two other good forms teams in form, Derby v Charlton Athletic. Plymouth take on Fleetwood. And the other important one, Sheffield Wednesday take on MK Dons. I'm also going to be quite interested in Wickham Wanderers versus Bolton. So with that in mind, I hope you've enjoyed this slightly different EFL preview and I hope you have a lovely rest of your weekend and we'll be back on Monday reviewing all of the wonderful fixtures that we technically haven't previewed yet. So with that in mind, I hope you have a lovely weekend. Thank you very much for listening and bye bye. <laughs>